by a show of hands, who here can agree with me that we do have a lot to be thankful for? Honest. Honest. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you. And who do we have to be thankful to? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We, we all have so much to be thankful for, but our attitude seems to get drowned out many times by the things that we are, should be thankful for. Perfect example. You have a house, and you have it because of God, but your house, repairs, and etc., takes up all of your time, even time that should go towards God. Now, is that why God gave you a house? Honestly. See, these temporal things which God blesses us with can take up all of our time, or at least more time than God wants it to. Saying thanks and living thanks to God is so overlooked by every single one of us, but the Bible teaches us that it is necessary. It's not just a good idea, and it's not just a suggestion from God, but it should be a necessary part of your faith in your walk with God. So for today, we're going to look at some of the countless riches that God actually bestows upon us and that we have to be thankful for. Too often we are wrongly looking for something else, something more, something new to be thankful for, you know, a, a, a car, school, health. Well, today let's focus on what God has already given so that we can recognize what we should be thankful for. So Paul, in our scripture for today, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, he says this, he says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is Paul saying this. Paul, who has been beaten, he has been imprisoned, he has been in a shipwreck, he has been poor, he has been rich, and the list goes on and on. This is what Paul had in mind when he said, in all circumstances, give thanks. During these times, Paul gave thanks to God. He didn't stop thanking God because he was going through some rough times. He thanked God still. Why? Why? What, what did he have to thank God for during those times? You know, what do you have to thank God for when you go through those times? Life is obviously hard many times. That's no secret to any of us. And out of this hard life comes trouble, comes sin, comes pain, comes sorrow. You know, who has time to thank God when we constantly need to be asking Him for help and protection and healing? And that's exactly God's point here through our scripture. Maybe most of your time with God is spent asking instead of thanking, simply because you don't know what to thank Him for, and you don't know what He has done. Maybe you let the trouble and cares and concerns of this world blind you to God's goodness. Well, I hope this sermon will act almost like a new pair of glasses for you, so you, you will be able to see what you have to be thankful for. The, que the first question we have to answer is, what do we have to be thankful for? What has he done for us? You know, just by saying that, I must feel evil because we're not here for, he's not here for us, we're here for him. But isn't that our attitude sometimes, though? But the truth is, there really is a countless amount of things to be thankful for. Some are 
provided for us immediately here on earth, which is the temporal, and some of what God has done for us is in the life after, which is the eternal. So let's look at both. What, let's look at the earthly first. What does God, or has God, done for me right now that I should be thankful for? This list actually includes things that we take for granted almost every single day, such as a place to live, a house, an apartment. You know, you may be saying to yourself, you know, but my place is a dump. I hate it. God, you, you didn't have, God didn't even have to give you that, though. You don't even deserve that dump. And he still gave it to you. Food, clothing, a job, money, health, family, friends, your possessions, your, your spouse, your kids, being able to pay bills, even having bills to come in. And the list goes on and on. Ephesians 5, 19 to 20 says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. That is what we have to be thankful for. Everything. He is the source of all good in your life. It's not yourself. It's Him. And Scripture's trying to point us out to the truth here. Psalm 107, 8-9 also says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. God is the source. He is the unfailing, unconditional love for us. He provides and watches out over us. Even Jesus gave thanks to God for the temporary things of this life, such as John 6, 11, when he said that he took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. He stopped and gave thanks. Jesus rightly recognized that all good things come from God. Something as simple as bread. Jesus thanked God even for something for as simple as that. God provides all these things for us out of an act of undeserved mercy and grace. We also have to thank God for the Bible. I mean, just think about how overlooked that is. God did not have to give us his word in written form. He did not have to. He was under no obligation to inspire these authors who wrote these books, to put the words in these books, but he did so anyway. We also have to thank God for his success in ministry. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 3.9, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Paul gave credit to God for the joy he found from the other Christians in Thessalonica. God got the credit. Paul understood that it was God who was and is the driving force behind all that is good. He didn't come to God and say, hey, hey God, did you see what, how, these, uh, how many people are attending this church right now? Wow, what a great coincidence. Obviously not. He's, no, he stopped and thanked God because he recognized he was the reason. So we as Christians must keep our eyes open to what God has already done for us. Food, clothing, shelter, the Bible, whatever it may be. Thank him for all of it. Even though we may not be satisfied with what he has given to us. You know, so what? We don't deserve anything in the first place. So be thankful that he has given you anything at all. And we need to live a life of awareness of what God has done and what he has done and continues to do for you daily. 
and thank him and give him all the credit for these earthly and temporary goods because it is him who has given them to you. And this is exactly why it's, it's whenever we tithe that we give our first fruits, not the remainder, but the first fruits that we put aside when we first get our paychecks to put aside a certain amount or whatever amount that may be. It's in recognition of the fact that God is the one who gave you everything. He's the one who put that amount in your paycheck. He is the one. And it keeps us humble and earthly or, or eternally minded. So that's just the temporary things. What about the eternal? What hasn't God done for us eternally? God has called us. He has reconciled us. He has regenerated us. He has justified us. He adopted us. He sanctified us. And will ultimately glorify us and bring us into his presence the way he originally created us to be. We are to thank God because he first loved us. That's why the psalmist says this in Psalm 106, 1-2. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Our God offers us all salvation. Just think about that. We, me and you, turned our backs on him. And he still calls us. He still loves us. Just think of Joel. He sent his son to earth in a body to pay the penalty for our sin so that we can be with him. Because of him, sin no longer has a hold on us. Because of him, we will not pay the eternal penalty for our sins. Because of him, we can echo the words of Paul, who said, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If that isn't reason alone enough to give to God, I don't know what is. On top of that list, let's listen to this. For he has chosen for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. This scripture is very deep, but let's just look at it on the, on the outset. Before the creation of the world, before time began, before the first speck of Dirt was created. God chose you. Doesn't that just blow your mind? It's no accident and it's no coincidence that you believe that you are saved. It's all part of God's plan. Your salvation is a gift from God. A gift that you could never deserve or work for. But he gave it to you freely. It's all part of his plan. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And later on in Jeremiah, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You owe your salvation to God and God alone. You are to take no pride in yourself concerning your salvation because it is God who should rightly get all the credit. As you are living on this earth right now, God has a plan for you. God had this plan before Genesis 
You yourself may not be a good planner. In fact, you may find it hard to even plan a night to go out to the movies. But obviously, God doesn't have that trouble. Your life has a purpose, and God has a plan just for you. We need to give thanks for that. So as you can clearly see, we have a lot to be thankful for. A ton, in fact. God gives us treasures on earth, and not only that, God gives us treasures in heaven. Namely, eternal life. And this is one of the many reasons why the Lord's Supper is so important. It's a constant reminder to you that you owe everything, temporal and eternal, to God. Jesus gave thanks before he broke the bread. Jesus gave thanks before he drank of the cup. Was Jesus' intention just to thank God for the bread and the wine physically? Obviously not. One of the many things the Lord's Supper does for us is that it reminds us to thank God and therefore we are to dedicate ourselves to Him. So we just looked at what we have to be thankful for and the next question is simply why. Why should we be thankful? Why can't we just take and God take what God gives us and just live? Why must we stop and thank Him? Well, first of all, we should thank Him simply because we are commanded to do so. That's a good enough reason for me. I don't know about you, but we find this command in Psalm uh, 136, verses uh, 1 to 3, which say, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. Give thanks. Why would God command that we give Him thanks? Why? Well, let's think about it. When you give your nephew, little Jimmy, a birthday present, you don't ex- and you expect him to thank you after he opens it, don't you? You expect a thank you for giving him a radio-controlled car that you know next week you're going to find in his closet somewhere and he's not going to use. Well, compare that to the gift of all gifts that God has given to you. Don't you think that he deserves it? So one of the reasons why we should thank him is simply because he deserves it. He is good. Secondly, thanking him keeps us humble. It keeps things in right perspective. By literally thanking him, we are reminded that it is because of God that these things happen. That it is because of God that you got the promotion. That it is because of God you are even able to read. Think about it. It's very tempting to think things like, I went to school, I worked hard at my job, and because of my hard work, I earned my promotion. I did it on my own. But the truth is revealed in Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18. It says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. If God didn't want you to be rich, you won't be rich. If God didn't want you to get a promotion, you wouldn't get a promotion. God is not just sitting up there in heaven twiddling His thumbs. He is working. He is active. And one of the many things He is doing is working to glorify Himself through us. Paul lives out this scripture in 1 Timothy 1.12 where he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. So who did Paul 
give the credit to for his high position. It was God. Paul didn't say, well, I deserved it. I worked really hard. I stayed up late working, so I deserve it. Instead, he gave God all the credit because he saw the truth. And we obviously are to do the same. And by thanking him, we are acknowledging his contribution for our success. And success can be defined in countless ways, you know, by, by health, job, ministry, etc. So we are to thank God because it is him who is responsible for all of life's successes. And thirdly, by thanking him, it actually prevents pride. By thanking him for all of life's successes we, and praising him at the same time, we are preventing pride in ourselves. We are preventing the attitude that wrongly, wrongfully thinks that I and I alone are the one who accomplished all this. This attitude, this attitude is portrayed in Jeremiah 5, 23-24, which says, But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned aside and gone away. They do not say to themselves, Let us fear the Lord our God, who gives us autumn and spring rains in the seasons, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. You see, God is the one who gave them rain. God is the one who regularly produced a crop for them, but quote-unquote, these people, as Jeremiah describes them, believe that they and they alone did this. Their crops grew because they took care of them. That is true, but even more so is the fact that they grew because God caused them to grow. They grew because God gave them the, the ability to work the ground. And because of their ungrateful attitude, their pride grows as well as their crops. And Proverbs 29, 23 says, A man's pride brings him low. So we are to thank him to prevent pride in ourselves. We are also to thank, thank him because it promotes our love for him. When God does something, we thank him. And our love and dependence upon him will naturally grow when we do that. The psalmist in 116 had something to thank God for. He said, I love the Lord. For he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. You see, the psalmist gave God the credit for his success. And then he stopped and thanked him. And this thanking him caused him to love him more. Because he will call on him as long as he lives. Once our eyes are open and we begin to see how much he does for us, and we begin to thank him for all of it, temporal and eternal, our only response will be to fall on our knees and love him even more. So thanking him leads to us loving him more. So far we discussed what we have to be thankful for and why we should actually thank him, but now the question needs to be asked, how? How do we thank him? How do we show him thanks? Well, let's go back to the Old Testament. How did they thank God? One of the ways was actually through a thank offering. Psalm 50, 14 says, Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And later on in uh, Psalm 56, it says, I am under vows to you, O God. I will present my thank offerings to you. These thank offerings were actually animal sacrifices. And I'm actually not going to go into get into the details of it because it strays away from the point here. But I want to say this, that unlike other offerings which were done annually, monthly, etc. These thank offerings were actually to be done spontaneously as an immediate response 
of thanks to God. Well, that's how they did it then, but what about now? Well, on top of those thank offerings, they also thank God in a much cleaner way. And that was with their mouths. We can simply pray and spend one-on-one time with God, thanking Him for all He has done. Like the thank offerings, the times when we thank God should be spontaneous. If something pops in your head and you realize that God has done something for you, just simply stop and thank Him. Don't wait and don't let the moment pass. Thank Him right then and there. Thanking God should be, also be done alone, and it should be done in a group setting as a body of believers, and with your families especially. Paul thanked God privately, as seen in Philippians 1.3, where he said, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. Also, the church in Acts did the same as well. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. I I bring those up simply to point out the fact that we are to thank God when we are alone and when we gather together. Thank Him with a life that is dedicated to Him. We can actually thank God for the wrong things, though. For example, tell me if this sounds right to you. Thank you, God, for that cigarette. Or, or thank you, God, for giving me money to pay for that abortion. Doesn't sound right, does it? That's be obviously because it's not right. You can easily identify sin in your life if you get that funny feeling, if you thank God for it. If you get that it doesn't feel right, feeling, it's, then it's probably sin. So thank God for the right things. And this bring, bring, brings me to a very important topic that is too big to fit in the sermon, but it's pretty much the pink elephant that's been sitting in the corner of this room during this whole sermon. Well, let's bring it up front now. The pink elephant question is simply this. Why is it we give God the credit for all that is good and not the bad? Who am I to quote-unquote thank for my sickness? For my car accident, for my cancer, for my lost job, for being raped. Who am I to thank for that? Everyone has asked God these questions at least once in their lives. And in fact, the devil uses this question quite often to steer people away from Christ. But what's the answer? Let me give a condensed version. These things happen as a consequence to sin. This is original sin. This is sin that we as human beings, let in, and we have to deal with, personally. In no way is God the one, for example, who gave you cancer. God is never the cause or author author of sin or of evil. Though the Bible does say that God may actually allow it to happen. Even by Him allowing it to happen, there is a holy reason for allowing it. The clearest example of this in Scripture is in Psalm 119. And think about this. If you're sick right now, if you're going through something, you're wondering, God, why? Why? Notice the progression here through these verses. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. So before something bad happened to this person, he was off the beaten path. He wasn't on God's path. He continues, though. Watch the progression. But now I obey your word. It was good for me to be afflicted, so that 
I might learn your decrees. I know, O Lord, that your laws are righteous, and in faithfulness you have afflicted me. These afflictions happen to get the psalmist back on track, focused on God, focused on the eternal, living for him. When all these things happened to Job, as you know Job's story, his response was that he tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the Lord, the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. The fact is, we all should have cancer. We all should be sick. We all should be poor. We all deserve nothing. We all deserve death. And why? Why is that? Why do we deserve it? Because of sin. This is why we thank God during the good times and the bad times. Because no matter what our situation is, we are still not getting what we deserve. And that is death, eternal damnation, and that's separation from God. And the other one, the other pink elephant might as well come up now too, and that's what about unbelievers? What about those who get things? The temporary things, house, health, possessions, and keep getting these things. Why does God do good for those who don't even believe in him? The answer is simply common grace. Now this is not saving grace, which saves us. It's instead this grace which our loving Father gives to all, even those who reject him. This highlights God's depth of love for everybody. God gives atheists not only food to eat and air to breathe, but the very minds and wills and logic that they use to argue against him. The man who says that God cannot be good since he allows suffering doesn't grasp that God is withholding from him the full extent of suffering that he deserves for his evil. So those who reject Christ still receive grace from God, not as a reward for their lifestyle or doing, but rather because our God is just so loving. Just as Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. They don't deserve common grace. We don't deserve common grace. They don't deserve salvation, and we don't deserve salvation. But God offers it to us anyway. We are not a special breed of humans, so we need to humble ourselves and realize that you are no more deserving than them. But God offers it to us anyway. So I want each of us today as we leave the building later on to remember this, that you don't deserve anything, yet you have a God who has given you everything. Our God is love. We need to make thanking God part of our daily walk with Him. We need to follow the instructions of Psalm 108.7, which say, Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. Let us not turn a blind eye towards what He has done for us daily and what He has done for us on the cross. Thank Him daily. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are countless things to be thankful for. And we just take the time right now to step back and thank you. Say thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. You have given us so much on this earth, more than we deserve, more than we need. And I pray, Lord, that with that, we use it to glorify your name, that we don't use it to get caught up in 
but that we use it to still glorify your name. And there's uh, even something else to be more thankful for, Lord, and that's our eternal life. Though our, our minds cannot comprehend it on this side of, uh, of eternity, we know the truth that because of what your Son has done for us, we will spend eternity with you. We will be with you face to face because our sins are forgiven. Because when you see us, when you look at us, you will see your Son white as snow. Lord, just thank you. Thank you for all that you have can, that all you've done for us, for giving us eternal life. And I pray, Lord, that you enable us through the Holy Spirit to have the perseverance, the zeal, the love for you, this rock-solid faith to spread your name and to, to always have an attitude of thanksgiving and love towards you. And help us, Lord, simply to be signposts to others that as we're giving thanks to you, as we're living out thanks by obeying you, that others will see you through us. And may we be intentional with that, Lord. Not pushy, but just intentional out of love to let others know that all we have, temporal or eternal, that we have because of you and that our lives are dedicated to you because of it. And may they see you through us, Lord. Use us, Lord, I pray in your holy name. Amen.